Great teachers don't just come from the classroom. They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King, created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level. Nowadays, everyone's an educator. Whether you chose that career or not. And we're all in this together. So come on, let's do this. Welcome Welcome to to the the new EDU. To another episode of the new EDU. I figured I should at least bring yeah. you into the intro since you always make me do it. You get so loud, like when it starts compared to before we I'm start. I'm trying to get the people in. Ah, so loud. No, it's awesome. But thank you guys for joining us for another episode. We have another special guest this week. We're going to bring her in in just a minute, but this started as a conversation that we were actually having the other night on a live, and I was like, Oh my gosh, every single teacher across the nation, if I could get this into their ears, I think it would. I know, I was I was watching it, and it was literally supposed to, so we go live about eight to ten minutes on Get Your Teach On. <laughs> it started off as a plan to go live for five to seven yes, minutes. Yes, <laughs> and it kept going and going. I took a shower, I came out of the shower, and I was like, they're still going. <laughs> Don't talk anymore, this is great podcast content, but it really was, it was fantastic, and we just got a lot of feedback from it. Um, people wanted more, so we're like, you know what? We're going to give them more. But the reason it's so important is because it is truly just, you know, her Instagram handle is True Tales of a Teacher. <laughs> it's and very true. it's truly the true tales of a teacher during a pandemic and what it looks like. And I think that everybody just needs a little window because right now, more than ever, we're so isolated. And that's one of the things that we talked about the other night. But I think that, you know, not that you want to live somebody else's misery with them, and we don't want for any educator to be miserable. That is not the point. But the point is, is that if everybody could just have a little window into another teacher's perspective, classroom life right now, they would recognize that, in fact, they are not abnormal, that they are very much normal to be struggling, to be miserable to really have these true feelings about the profession and the job. And so that's what we wanted to do. And that's what we wanted to provide on this podcast. And so we are going to welcome one of our good friends, Corey Markison to the podcast, everybody. Hello. So good to be back. Yes. How was your day today? Are you teaching virtually hybrid or in person? What did that look like for you today? The definition of hybrid, I feel like, is so different for everyone. So I'm still not really sure what my definition is. I'm, I, I guess it's hybrid. I do virtual in the morning and in person in the afternoon. And how my day went is I sat down on the couch at six o'clock and literally sat down and go, I didn't take attendance today. Like, that's the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind when I sat down. So like that just sums up the day. We were making packets for virtual kids and trying to figure out tomorrow's lesson. So it's just hectic. Well, you just made everybody feel that's listening to this feel really great. Yeah, They're right. like, yes. Yes, I am not alone. Corey, before we hop into this, because I do want to spend some time chatting with you and again, just giving everybody an opportunity to be in a space where they can feel like, okay, uh, I'm normal. Mm -hmm. Can you just introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them who you are, what you do. Yeah, my name is Corey Markison. I teach third grade math, science, and social studies in Dallas, Texas. I've been with the Get Your Teach On team for how many years? It's been (laughs) 
forever. Forever. <laughs> since well, basically since the start. Uh, since we tagged along in the Texas tour a long time ago, but I've taught first, second, third grade. And this year I moved to a new school, left all my friends and started a new pandemic teaching journey. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Just starting a new school in itself is yeah. like, you can't explain it. Like It I, has it, its own set of challenges. It, it is, oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. Everything's new. And so, holy cow, in a pandemic. One thing or two things you didn't say, you are a dog mom, right? <laughs> yes. Two beautiful rescue dogs who run this house. There <laughs> you go. And a wonderful aunt. Yes. And my, my niece actually is going, she's in kindergarten at my school this year. So that was one of the big pluses of moving schools is I get to see her down the hall. So that's been so much fun. I now understand like the parents who work at your school and like are in your door and you're like, leave them alone. Cause I'm like, <laughs> door, like waving. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's so I, can, I totally understand parents now. That is the best. Mm. Well, we're so excited to have Corey. As she mentioned, she is part of our Get Your Teach On team, part of our Get Your Teach On leadership mm -hmm. team. I think that they, the girls, we call them the girls, and there's mm -hmm. her and Chelsea and Megan, they just have the title, the girls, but they're obviously more than just the girls. But I think that they regret that Texas tour so many times in their life when they're toting black bins and doing all the crazy things, but they're an all amazing the part of our team. So yes. what we just want to chat with Corey about, again, is just to create a space. And, you know, this is something that we're very intentional about on this podcast, as you know, if you've listened to these episodes, just about what real life truly is. This is a mm -hmm. platform that we are not trying to hide what it looks like to be an educator and sugarcoat anything or beat around the bush, but what the reality is. And so what Corey also probably wouldn't tell you about herself is that she is a phenomenal educator. One of the best educators that I've met. She, like us, has always felt extremely passionate about this as a career, yes, but also just as a life. And she loves what she does and she is amazing at what she does. And she also is big on students engagement. Yep. And so in the past, like me, this is why I love her so much. She's like my, my people. We love a good room transformation. We love pouring ourselves into lessons and having fun. And so that's just kind of a background on Corey and who she is in the classroom. Yeah. And I know and, she would and, never. And, yeah, she would never say that. But then, I mean, thousands of educators have always looked up to her, to yes. her resources. She sets the example of what a phenomenal teacher looks like, but that doesn't come without for forgetting like oh my gosh, I got to take care of myself sometimes too. Yeah. So so that's what we're going to chat with her about. So Corey, we're just going to dive right into it. If they follow you on social media, which we know that many of them do. And I said this the other night when we were chatting about this live, the one thing that I have loved about you during this season is you have been real and raw and like, listen, this once was the profession that I loved. This once was the profession that got me out of bed every single day. I couldn't wait to get to my classroom. I worked late at night, not because I had to, but because I loved it. Can you just kind of talk about, you know, how that has shifted and kind of your story as an educator during this pandemic? Yeah, it's it's been hard. Like you were saying, I used to, it, it was my hobby and I've always loved it. And I feel like, you know, so many of us educators are achievers and it's like, I just want to do everything I can do. And I want to be good at it. And that's always been growing up. My dad, you know, people say like, what's the best advice? My dad always said, be significant. And I feel like that's kind of how I try to live my life. I don't want to be necessarily the best at everything. I'm not going to be the best at everything. I'm not going to be number one, but in whatever space I'm in, I want to be significant. And in any role, if that's get your teach on or with my family, I want to be a significant role. And so that was kind of my passion and how I want to live out my career and that has been hard in this role. I have not felt significant. I have not felt worthy. I've not felt like I'm good at this or doing it well. And at first I feel like, again, cause I'm an achiever and I'm a, 
you know, goal oriented. I put a lot on my plate, but I'm like, it always ends up happening. We get it done. And I was telling you the other night, it's like, I remember when I was in grad school, I'd have a really hard week and there was papers to do. And I was like, I'm never going to get through this. And somehow you just push through and all the things on your to-do list get done. And then the next week you're like, I did it. We finished that. We're good. And kind of can breathe. And so that's how I feel like this started. I kept saying like, this next week's gonna be a really hard week. I've got to figure out how to do all this, figure out our schedule, just push through. Then the next week came and I'm like, I have to figure out how to virtually teach this completely new content, how to push through. And every little thing, it was like, just keep pushing, just keep pushing. But I felt like this year, I never felt the reprieve at the end of that. It was like the next week seemed twice as hard and the next week seemed twice as hard. And I was finding all the things that I love about this job didn't look anything like they've looked before. And I'm like, I like I could not find one glimmer of like normalcy where I felt like this is what I signed up for. And I, you know, we've all said this is not what I signed up for, but I couldn't even see the normal anywhere. And I was on this point, I was searching for just one thing to feel slightly normal and then I'd be able to breathe and I couldn't find it. And so I feel like that has been the hardest part in this last semester is just pushing and pushing and pushing and waiting for the reprieve and not feeling like it has come or is coming. And it has definitely made me question kind of my path in this. And is this worth it? Am I, is what I'm doing worth it? What are they getting out of this? What is our purpose? And I've also in this figured out I'm very purpose driven and like, I have to feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. And, and a lot of it's, you know, seeing the kids doing it. I see my purpose and I've had a hard time finding my purpose in all this. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm giving them the best education. So that's not my purpose. I don't feel like I'm giving them emotionally what they need. So that's not my purpose. And it's like, if I could just be good at one part of it, I feel okay. But I feel like I'm failing at all of the parts. And that's, you know, has been frustrating and hard as someone who that's not normally how I feel when I go towards the task. Just that in those few minutes that you shared, just how you were feeling and how you've been walking through this and how you attacked it at the beginning of this whole pandemic, I had all of these scenarios in my mind and I was on that roller coaster with you. I was like, oh yeah, okay. She's pushing through. That's great. That kind of sounds like a first year teacher. Oh wait, you don't get any reprieve. That's still kind of like a first year teacher, but no, 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 no. You don't get any reprieve like ever. And this is not similar to anything that's ever happened before. At the beginning, you kind of told yourself that this is what it is, but then it's, you, you couldn't see it. You couldn't see what was happening, but then your purpose. So teachers out there, they're listening right now. I mean, yeah, we hear it all the time. What's your why? Why do you do what you do? At the end of the day, if you don't see those results like you're talking about, you're like, holy crap, why am I doing this? So, so Corey, I mean, I have to ask, I mean, how are you pushing through? How are you continuing to well, do I'll, what you do right now? I'll I mean, I just, you. yeah, please do. I'll I mean, it's gladly. just, <laughs> I just want to know the answers. Well, we'll get to the answers, but I want to stop there because there are some other important pieces and I don't want to jump to that yet that we're, yeah. we're going to miss those parts. But I just want to tack on to what you were saying too. You know, I have always been one in my own life and things that I've shared with other educators too is focus less on your problems and focus, you know, put that focus and attention on your purpose. But when your purpose is truly lost and you literally are like, you, yeah. I, I'm searching, I can't find it. That is extremely difficult to stay motivated. And, you know, one of the things that Corey and I even chatted about was next year, we're going to be turning around, looking back, going, where'd all the good teachers go? 
because this is not the teachers who are like, eh, you know, I'll give them some worksheets today and I'll, you know, I'll just halfway do my job and I'll, you know, I'm here for the, yeah, the paycheck and the summer. I'm just here. That is some teachers. I mean, let's not, let's, we all know, we all know that those are some very real people in this profession. It, it is the the good teachers, the teachers who pour everything into their job, the teachers who are always showing up. They're always wanting what's best for their kids. Those are the teachers who are struggling. So before we get to the answers, and I, and I know that Corey does have some, some not answers, but she does have them, some things that worked for her during this time. But before we get there, Corey, how did this play a role in your mental health, like your own personal mental health? Because you shared a lot about the classroom and a lot about how you felt as an educator. But what did this role play for you when you shut that door to the classroom, got in your car, and you would go home? It was awful, awful. I I felt like a shell of a person and myself, and my family was worried for me. It was awful. But you know, like what Wade was saying is, it's like first year teaching. But I felt like it was 5,000 times worse because my first year teaching, if I'm one of the weird teachers, I didn't think first year was that bad because I had no clue what I was doing wrong. I was like, that's fine. We did a book lesson and I was a great teacher. I thought I was amazing my first year. And did I, and the (laughs) amount of time I spent on pointless tasks, I'm like, I made so many cute like name tags (laughs) and I thought I was great. I didn't have that stress this year. It felt like challenges I couldn't overcome. I couldn't be good. And I knew how to do these things. I knew what the expectations were. I know what these kids need and I couldn't get there. And, you know, we talked for it's the mental health of like comparing myself to who I know I could be while not being able to actually get there was so hard. And I was so hard on myself. I felt like a failure. I felt like I lost who I was. Like I said, my purpose for teaching, you know, as a whole of like passion for kids, I didn't feel like was there. So I'm like, okay, let me focus in on my purpose as a math teacher to get them to think. And then every Zoom lesson, I'd spend half lesson being like, where are your supplies? What's happening? What is this? And wasting half the time. And I'm like, I didn't even get that purpose done. So I couldn't figure out where to be good there. And the guilt of not measuring up was so hard. The guilt of not being able to do what I wanted to do. And that I went into it with like, we're, we're going to attack this. Everything happens for a reason. We're going to grow through this and find the positive. And I couldn't find the positive. And then I found myself getting angry and jealous, jealous as I saw other people who were in my situation. And this is such a hard year for everyone, but it became very isolating. You felt like you were the only one in my specific role. So while we were all having a hard time, there was no one else in my school that was doing exactly what I was doing. None of my friends were. So when we would talk, everything was just different enough where I was like, you don't, you don't understand either. Like no one understands me. And so it just felt very, very isolating. And then you just got angry. And I was like, how is everyone else able to move on with life and figure this out. And I am hating every minute of this. Yeah. And so just going to work, crying on my way to work, leaving work saying I have so much to do and not feeling I could actually get it done and not figuring out there were too many balls in the air. And I just desperately wanted someone to tell me which one I could drop. And I couldn't figure out which one was okay. I was like, but if I drop this one, I'm going to get in trouble for this. And if I drop this one, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm like, I can't physically do this. So will someone tell me what to take out? Cause I can't I couldn't um, edit any of the extra things. Yeah. And, you know, I think that you hit the nail on the head for so many people and just really (laughs) amplifying how frustrating of a season this is for teachers. Because when you said, I know the teacher that I can be, but 
the frustrating piece is that there are things very much outside of your control that's keeping you from doing just that. And when you said that, because you and I have talked so much about this, and so, you know, I, I know that we've talked about this, but something that came to my mind that we haven't talked about is I'm like, man, think about how many students are also, you know, whether they can verbalize this or not, whether they can really put the pieces together, there are a lot of students who are also extremely frustrated during the season. Why? Because they know the kind of student they can be. But there are all of these factors. It's not just teachers living during a pandemic. It's also very much our students. And so, you know, that piece right there for me is why we, you know, you've been talking and we've been talking so much about that connection with students and that social emotional learning and the mental health component and why that is so critical. But also as a teacher to recognize that this isn't just us feeling this way, Mm -hmm. this is also our students. And I think that's so powerful when we kind of flip the script. But then it also, like you said, well, oh my gosh, now what do I do about that? And how do I make it? It immediately puts so much pressure on us about how we solve that. And the reality is we can't. We can't solve that because now can we do things to maybe make it better? Of course, but we can't fix the problem because we can't fix the fact that we are living during a pandemic. And I think that that's why it's so important to have these conversations because a lot of times, you know, is there going to be a fix for this? This isn't going to be forever, right? We, we know this. We know this historically that this is not going to last forever, but it doesn't help in the moment because right now we want to fix. And, you know, I think that while we can't find a fix, the power is in community Mm -hmm. and the power is in telling our stories because while we don't have a fix, we can at least recognize that we're not alone in this and that at least gives us power to hold on until we get to the end of this. One thing that I'm just really curious about, I mean, acknowledging, I mean, that's what you were talking about. You're you're acknowledging that that you were frustrated and then you got angry and then you were were in it. probably felt like you were drowning. You may still feel like you're drowning. Like we're not out of this yet. And so we're not here to say, yeah, we're all great. Corey's doing fantastic. Every teacher in America is going to be, no, it's, it's not. But if you could think back to when you, it was a realization like crap, oh man, this is why I'm feeling this way. Instead of just going in there, reacting to those emotions. When was that moment that you realized I, this is why, this is the way I'm feeling. It's okay that I'm feeling this way. Um, How did that kind of come to fruition for you? It took a long time, a long time. I think it was a lot of, it was really hard for me to let my pride down and acknowledge that because I, like I said, you know, we can't fix this pandemic, but I kept for months trying to figure out, well, which problem can I fix? And if I can just fix one of them, then it will be better. We'll be perfect, but it'll be better. Right now, I'm searching for better. And like, no matter how hard I tried every different avenue, I couldn't figure out any problem that I could fix and truly fix to my my standards and my satisfaction. I made things better, but I was like, it's still not right. It's still not. And I I don't think I was ever going to fix the problems to really get where I wanted to get. But I think what flipped kind of in my mind was my family and loved ones really reaching out and saying like, hey, we're really worried. Like, this is not you. I didn't feel like me. And there were some scary moments of like, I, I just wanted to quit. I was like, I don't know if I can make it this whole year. Like, and I never, like, you know, if you were talking five years ago, I'm like, who quits? I did not, I could not understand teachers who said they cried in their car before work. I could not understand teachers who quit mid-year. And then I was like, literally thinking about doing, you know, I cried every day in my car and thinking about quitting. I was like, and my principal 
uh, one day I was having a conversation with her and she said, I'm worried about you. She said, don't let this year ruin your career. And that kind of stung because I was like, do you think like I'm bad? But then it was more, it wasn't ruin my career. It was this year is going to ruin my mindset, which would then ruin my passion and my career. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this year is not worth that. It's not worth you ruining an entire career over it. Mm. And I was like, you're right. And I don't want to, I don't want to leave because of this. I want to get through this and I want to get back to us being normal and loving my job. And so it was kind of that, how do I get through this then? me trying to fix it and change it isn't going to work. So what do I need to do to actually get through? A lot of us want to fix one thing and we think that we can get it at least a little bit better. And everything that you're saying right now, I I have felt like I, I wanted oh, to, I've wanted to quit. I've had <laughs> multiple years that way. And, and, and I, I hate, I hate, I hate that you're going through this during a pandemic. And as corny as it sounds, because I, Anyone who knows Hope and I, and they know you, Corey, we've always just been those super positive, energetic teachers. This is, but fake it till you make it. Yeah, <laughs> fake it till you make it. But at the end of the day, like I remember, I was looking at, at trying to learn how to be a police officer in Anderson County mm-hmm. that one year, and it's happened multiple times. And again, I, I hate that you're going and through then it add this a year. Pandemic on top. Yeah, of and you're going through this right now, but again positive poly, whatever. But when we get through this, we things happen to us for a reason, obviously, and it's still it's really corny, but at least you'll have that connection with someone down the road because what we do with Get Your Teach On, Corey, what you do with Get Your Teach On, we interact with those thousands of people and you know that every single day and they'll come talk to you and now you can share a story and, and say, hey, this is when I was done. Fortunately, not every teacher is going to have to live through a pandemic. Amen. (laughs) And teach through a pandemic. But, you know, I mean, you're so right that you do find strength in your stories and your story is going to help so many people. But again, just so many teachers feeling this this year, you know, and with every right and with every reason. And it's so validated, you know, but one of the things that your principal, just Mm -hmm. kudos to your principal Mm -hmm. and to teachers out there and to admin, check on your people and don't just check on your people, check on people who aren't your people, because you've got to pay attention to the signs and to how people are feeling. And no, it's not, it's not just enough to say, oh, well, it's just the pandemic. Everybody's feeling it. No, there are so many important things going on in people's lives that they just need somebody like Corey, like you said, to reach out and and to say, I'm really concerned about you. I'm really worried about you. Because people like Corey will never tell you that. No, never. She's going to put on this brave face. She's strong, she's brave, and she's super intelligent. She's great at what she does. But I love the advice that your principal gave you. And I think that it is advice that Every single teacher Mm -hmm. needs to intentionally seek to set for themselves this year. What can I do this year that I can put in place and be sustainable with? Mm. This is not about Mm. what can I do this year to be the best, the best virtual. Who even cares about that? Who even cares about being the best virtual teacher that you can be? Put that to the side. Put to the side anything that puts pressure on you and say, what can I do and put in place that I can sustain for this year? Because we cannot, I'm like almost begging and pleading of teachers to take the pressure off, to take the walls down of perfection, to take down any type of thing. We're not trying to set records this year. We're not trying to set marks this year. We're not trying to to measure up to anything this year. What can I do to, to survive? I guess that's the best way to put it. What can I do to survive? Because... We desperately, like you said, and Corey, you've said this so many times, this is the good teacher struggling. Mm. 
Right. These are the yeah. good teachers that that make yep. a difference, that change this profession. And I do not want to look back next year and say, oh, my gosh, where did all the good teachers go? Why, why didn't we speak up about this sooner? Why didn't people start talking about how difficult and how hard it was? Maybe that would have helped some people. Maybe that would have you know helped them realize that we can't do it all and, and we shouldn't be doing it all and we shouldn't be putting so much pressure on ourselves. And I think that is one of the biggest jobs that we have as having a platform, as being an educator, is is telling and sharing these stories and amplifying these stories and putting yeah. them on loudspeakers for everyone. Because I think that community is so important during this time. The only community that's going to benefit you is an, is an honest one, is an honest community that's saying, this is real. This is where we're at. Everybody's feeling this way. Because I think that right there starts taking the layers of pressure off of teachers. Yeah. And well, like you were saying, education can change at the end of all this. And I kept reminding myself, like these kids in my classroom, if they don't understand one math standard, that can be made up next year. One year of not the best education, we can fill those gaps. But if because of this year, the face of education, the good teachers leave, that's going to be detrimental to children everywhere. Like that is hard to make up, if not impossible. So it's, you know, if, if we, oh, can, we can make this gap up of this year, that needs but, to be on a billboard. we all leave. <laughs> Do what? I said that needs to be on a billboard right there. But that that's going to be, I mean, that's going to change the face of education, not one bad year. And it's it's hard, but we just, you know, all have to stay in it. That, that's perspective right there. It's, yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's, yeah. Ta- it's taking exactly what y'all were talking about at the very beginning. It's not just teachers going through this. Kids are feeling it too. And so if we can understand that, hey, those kids are humans, just like we're humans, We've got to attack that because that's One something, bad year yeah, that's something that we something can understand. That we can make up if we have incredible educators. Right. And we have incredible right. educators. It's about keeping them in this profession and saying, you know what? You got it. This year, survive. Mm-hmm. We're telling you this year. Every teacher is telling you. Nobody has the end. You know, we get the question all the time, and it's so funny. We talked about it on um, the Rock Your School Rally about... I just don't know what to do because kids aren't turning on the camera. Nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows what to do with kids who aren't turning on the camera. Nobody has the answer and nobody has the answer for a lot of this. Um, (laughs) But Corey, you have, you know, I've seen your journey from it being very raw and, and just, it, Wade and I were like, we're so worried about Corey. I mean, we we were the ones we're so worried about Corey. We we don't know what to, I got on the phone with you. We had some conversations. I know you've had people in your corner who have been incredible. And, and Wade and I have been there too. Wade has seen me in the very place that I saw you in, you know, to that same degree. Mm-hmm. We've all had those moments of just fetal position on the floor. I literally can't, I don't know what to do. I, I don't even know what to do. But you have found some things for you that's brought a little bit of joy, if nothing else. It's, it hasn't fixed it. Like you said, you know, it hasn't solved all your problems. These problems aren't going to go away right now, unfortunately. But what have been some things for you during this time that you're like, either I need to get back to this, or I've refocused on this, or I've reminded myself of this, that's helped you find those bits and pieces of joy with your kids and your classroom and your personal life, yeah. um, just to kind of keep you moving a step forward at a time? Yeah, because like you're saying, like I was Anytime I talked about work or school, I would cry. Like I could not physically talk about it without being like overcome and not having any control of myself. Mm. And it wasn't until family and friends and y'all and everyone kept continuously reaching out. Like we're worried. And I was like, I'm fine. It's fine. I know. And finally I'm like, it's not fine. I, I don't have control of my emotions. This is not who I want to be. I didn't want it in my career. And so that's, what I'm always finally like, I need to reach out to someone 
and, you know, going to a therapist and going to a doctor, getting on medication, like, and labeling it as I was depressed. I was in depression. And I feel like that was so hard for me to admit because I felt like a failure. Like, how could I not get through this? Everyone else could. So I think finally acknowledging it was a big thing for me and not continuing to push back and run from it and just say, I'll get through it. I can, I've gotten through everything else. It's fine. Acknowledging was big. And I feel like then I, even in that acknowledgement and since I have, I feel like I've started to realize kind of been able to take a step back and see the past semester and see how I was and different things. So I was like, I understand now why that was so refreshing or why I couldn't get over that. Just being able to acknowledge where I was at and saying that I needed help. And I don't think by any means that's everyone's journey, but that was where I was. I mean, I was depressed. And so that's been helpful and not say that I'm not so frustrated. I'm not so overwhelmed. I am. I'm it's late at night and I still have work to do. Like it is not fixed. And so that's when, you know, you're saying, is there, what's the fix? I don't have one because I haven't figured it out, but I feel more in control of myself, which is something I didn't feel before. And then I think of part of the finding of my joy is the stopping comparing myself to who I was and in telling myself it was okay. I wasn't in the past. I would make fun activities and make fun lessons and make it hands-on. And I was finding this year that that was causing more stress and more frustration half the time during the lesson that they couldn't figure out the engaging, fun, educational things. I was like, this is rigorous and fun. Why are y'all not liking this? (laughs) This is hands-on guys. Come on. (laughs) It wasn't working. And so like letting that be okay and not holding myself to that standard. I mean, like sometimes it just may be today. It was a piece of paper and we just did problems together, but then I was able to enjoy today and tomorrow I'm going to do something fun and attack tomorrow, but being able to let go that I don't have to do that has allowed me to enjoy some of it when I do Yeah, and saying, you know, I, I don't need to do anything big and over the top. I'm not going to has been helpful. I don't need to, and I'm not going to, Boom. I mean, yeah. I think that's the, 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 the title of this podcast <laughs> Yeah, yeah. is I don't need to, and I'm not going to like, seriously. I mean, I, I've struggled with depression. Hope has, you have. I mean, it's hits people in different ways, but I, I do think uh, a common thread throughout is when you're able to acknowledge it. Like you said, you, you can look back in, in the past few months or when you're going through the depression in that season and you could be like, that's why I was so angry. That's why I was so sad. That's why I was so irritated. That's why I was so tired. It puts a name. Hope says it all the time. Jody Carrington, you have to name it to tame it. You know, we're still not taming this, but... We, it, it at least allows us to understand. Oh, it does tame it. When you when you can identify it, it does tame it to mm. a big degree. And, you know, I mean. I think it does to a degree. I think it definitely. Well, for me personally, mm. it does. But, you know, one thing that I want to challenge every single educator or parent or whoever that is listening to this, shout out to my therapist. <laughs> He's amazing. He said to me, and I think this is so important, and this wasn't exactly what he said to me because it's a little bit different situation, but I want for every educator to think about a student. One of your students who is going through an incredibly traumatic experience, one of the most traumatic experiences of their life, and they are struggling and they are upset and they are frustrated and they are scared. Would you as an educator look at them in that moment and say, be better, do more, you can be brave, put it to the side, I don't care, keep pushing. Or would you say, baby, I got I, I got you. We, mm. I don't care anything about the, the, the learning, the standards. I, I don't care. Uh, we're going to fix this. Mm. We're going to fix it. We're going to do whatever we have to do to fix this. 
And now what I want for you to do is I want you to switch the roles and I want for you to allow the student to be yourself. And I want you to treat yourself the way that you would treat that student because well, let's be serious. Me that I makes mean, me emotional. But let's be serious. <laughs> like we are all right now going through probably for many of us, one of the most traumatic times of our lives. Yeah. So stop turning to yourself as the educator and say, be brave, do more, live up to who you were last year. Stop speaking to yourself like that. And instead, speak to yourself like you would that student. What do you need? What do you need? I got you. I'm going to do whatever you need. And that's when you have to start listening, truly listening to yourself and saying, okay, I'm going to, that, that's self-care. See, I'm, I don't, self-care to me is not a frivolous bubble bath and going and getting your nails done or, or going shopping or retail is. therapy. It feels, good. it feels good in the moment. It puts a bandaid on the situation. Mm-hmm. Self-care is saying, I'm going to treat myself the way that I would care for my students. Mm. And so I'm going to listen. And I'm not just going to listen. I'm not just going to listen to that child and say, oh, what do you need? And then ignore it and say, oh, let me buy you a toy. I'm going to go and try to start fixing the situations and helping them fix the situations. And I think that that's what we have to do for ourselves. So if that, and this is what Corey and I talked about the other night, if that is leaving work at work every day, I don't care if your lesson plans aren't done. I don't care if you have your lessons ready for the next day. You know what? Fly off the cuff with it. Do whatever comes to you. You're a good enough teacher that you can show up every exactly. single day, even if everything you is not in line, and you're going to be okay. Do the best that you can. You're going to be okay. And teachers, it's really, really hard, and administrators are probably going to hate me for saying this, it's really hard to get fired. Like, Especially extremely right hard. now and next year, teachers, because there's going to be a huge teacher I'm just shortage. Saying. You're fine. You're fine. Take care you're of yourself. You're not getting rid of anybody. No. <laughs> take no. Ca- but take, do your best, obviously. <laughs> But take care of yourself. Take care of yourself because we need you. And Corey, you said the other night, like, you know, this is not an excuse for those teachers. And the good teachers aren't going to do this anyways. But this is not an excuse to be like, okay, all right, I'll just do No, but the good teachers don't have that kind of mentality. And part of that, what you were saying, like, to me was me allowing myself to validate my own feelings. Like you were saying to a Mm. child, I would never say... Like if you had a hard day and the next day was a good day. Oh, so why was yesterday so hard and today's good? You're <laughs> fine now. Like that's what I was telling myself. I had one hard moment. And the next day I was fine. I was like, why was, why was I making such a big deal out of that? And the guilt I felt for putting everyone else through that. And so every time I'd have a true feeling, the next day I would tell myself that that was wrong or I was crazy or it wasn't that bad because it didn't stay that bad. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I think that's part of the depression too is like, you put everyone else in this category and like, well, I'm not there yet. I can still get out of bed. So it's fine. And I'm, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And just allowing myself to validate those in the moment. And part of what I did for that worked for me as well as when I was having a meltdown, there was one day I, in the middle of a zoom, everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. Everything I had done was a mistake. And I just felt so like, what am I doing here? I was up last night working. I was up two weeks ago working and nothing. What is this for? And so I literally, I sent every kid off the zoom and I turned my zoom on silent and on, you know, turn my camera off and I just bawled mm. and I got out my phone and I wrote down every feeling, every thought I was having. And I just pulled up a notes and I wrote down everything I was thinking so that I could come back and validate that those were real feelings mm. and that it like, I felt every word of that. Wow. And to later not tell myself, why was I being so dramatic? That's truly how I felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in those moments to write that down, because that was part of it too, name it to tame it, is I was having such a hard time being able to verbalize after the fact why it was so hard and what was so frustrating. And I was like, well, what can I do to help? And I'm like, I don't know. And so when I was having those moments, just getting my phone out and just 
the raw and ugly, I just typed out a long, scary list of all my feelings. But then I could go back and start to kind of piece it together when I was feeling better and realize like, this is a lot. Like, you know, when I was clear minded, being able to see that saying, I'm not in a good place. Like those are not normal things to write down how I was feeling. And so that kind of helped me validate my own feelings and not just continue to push them aside and say, I'm fine now. So we're good. Today's fine. That's good stuff. For you to have the wherewithal to, yes. to do that. Like, I don't think I would. That's, that's remarkable. I mean, great advice. Yeah. Because like you said, I mean, you were feeling those feelings. It's not like you, they were fake feelings and you were, you were in the moment. And so being able to have the self-discipline and self-control to be able to do that. So, you know, later on, you can look back, man, God. So Corey, any final things that you want to leave these amazing educators with? I feel like you've put it all on the table for them. I mean, you know, if nothing else, they're like, I feel seen. I feel seen yeah. and understood. That's all they need. Um, but yeah. anything you want to leave them with? Let my struggles help you. <laughs> but no, I think like part of it, it was cathartic for me to share a lot of things. There were so many times on my Instagram, I'd start to make a story, I'd write something. And literally as I'm pressing posts, I'm like, I'm deleting that in an hour. There's oh. no way I'm leaving that up. And then my inbox would be flooded. And I'm like, well, I guess maybe I should leave it up. And every time I post, I'm, this is way too negative. I don't want to be that person. But I was like, this is how I'm actually feeling. And right now I'm feeling really negative. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, finding those people that you can be honest with and tell your true feelings. But then when those people that you trust with those feelings come back and if they ever say like, hey, I'm worried or what can I do to help? Also listen and take their advice because it wasn't until I had multiple people coming out and saying like, hey, like you can't overcome this. Like you can't just keep pushing through you. And you don't have to, like, you don't have to put yourself through torture to make it through this year. Like you're not getting a badge of honor in May saying like <laughs> you succeeded. Like, exactly. So don't Good, torture yourself but... through it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just such powerful advice. And again, just the power of stories, the power of stories that a lot of people say, oh, I would have never known. Oh, I would have never thought. Oh, community, the power yeah. of community. The power and, of, and a, of a real community yes. and the power of an honest community, That's I think right. is what's so powerful. It so is. Corey, it's not always easy to share your story. And I know that, you know, it does get easier as you practice and it does get easier when you recognize that, man, I'm not the only one who feels this way. But thank you for coming on here because in some way, shape, or form, I guarantee that your story is every educator's story right now. Absolutely. It might not be the same journey, and it might not look exactly the same, and you might not have the same frustrations. Every but educator it is going to go through it at every some point. educator's yeah. story. And so the more that we share yeah. and the more that we share what worked for us or just being intentional about the way that we're caring about ourselves and the way that we're talking to ourselves and the way that we're evaluating our own feelings or validating um, the way that we feel is extremely powerful. So thank you so much thank for you. coming on yes. and for sharing on a you school can, night on a school night you <laughs> can um follow Corey as i already mentioned earlier at true tales of a teacher and she will continue to share her journey i have no doubt but she also shares amazing resources and strategies and, 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 and great bachelorette um, and, and great recaps. bachelorette and bachelor recaps I need to get no, on no doubt uh, oh, let me ask you this yeah. Corey. Corey, bachelorette last season compared to bachelor this season so far at the same spot which one is your favorite Okay, well, I realized I was talking to my best friend Chelsea about this, and I realized I enjoy bachelorettes a lot more because I find it funny. I find all the men funny, and bachelors 
I find all the women so annoying. So annoying. I'm a woman, but I'm like, y'all are all the worst. Like listening to them bicker and argue is not comical, but listening to men all act like, like little children, I think is hilarious. (laughs) That's, I told that to Hope. I said, cause, cause I was like, man, y'all are the same. Y'all are one and the same. We are, we are, but Hope's recently got, so I tried to like what she likes just because it makes life better. And so I found myself really enjoying The Bachelorette last season, as we all know. And then I was really excited with The Bachelor coming out. Nothing against The Bachelor this season, whatever. But it's not my it's not my thing. It's yeah, kind of like what you're saying. Thing. Like I, I don't care about all but those I girls. They're annoying. A lot in the Bachelor too, because the girls are so annoying. I, no. Watching women drama sometimes just annoys me. I'm like, y'all are just. It's not as funny. Guy we have drama. enough of that inside of a school. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we, we see hey, that. Hey, you know, you know, Claire and Dale already separated. I too. was about to bring that up. Claire and Dale, they're done. I freaking called that. Do we I need s- to have a Bachelor podcast? Like I a Bachelor s- recap podcast? I- Round oh. two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that need, but it needs to be like a permanent episode. She shouldn't even been on. No, nah, we can't. Okay, we, yeah. that's that's for but a But anyways, day. for those of you who haven't watched anything, <laughs> Newsflash, Claire and Dell are done, everybody. But, there we go. Okay, so last thing, though. Who is your predicted winner for this season for Matt James? She's not watching. I'm, I'm an episode behind. I'm an episode behind, too. Okay, she hasn't gotten any airtime, but the Piper, I think she's still on there. I still think she's going to be like a silent, like she'll come out later. Okay. That's a All cool right, name, gonna, at least. I don't even know who you're talking check, about, check this but that's a cool at, name. You know, once he makes his hey, decision. With, with Tasha, I called Ivan from the very beginning, and he did make it down to like final three. He did. He did. That yes. Yep. I like old Tasha. Yeah, that was a good season. She, she was a good one. All right, Corey. Well, we will let you go because we know you have kids to plan for tomorrow, and your dog, your poor dog, one of them is in the Zip. closet. Dog. <laughs> The closet door is open. That is his happy place. Okay. I would never call her out if it were, she was oh, doing anything okay, that good. was abusive. I All right. Let's let her go. It. All right, Corey. Thank you so much. We'll Thanks, talk to Corey. you soon. All right, you guys. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the new EDU. Again, on a serious note, I know we had some Bachelor fun at the end, but on a serious note, we know we know that right now is not easy, and we know that it's hard to find Mm -hmm. those moments of joy. But please set yourself up, like Corey said, if nothing else, to survive this year because we've got to keep good teachers in this profession. But also, you got into this because this was your calling. And I... For most of you, guarantee your calling has not changed. And I don't want for people to allow the pandemic to get in the place of your calling because then later on, that's going to come and play a role in your happiness. So do what you need to do this year to take care of you. This year is the self-care year. You're almost almost there, y'all. You're almost there. But but also, I think so so much of this that we're learning about self-care needs to be carried on forever. A lot of things. Into teaching. This self-care has been neglected and talking about it from teaching for far too long. Far too long. So educators, we are here for you. We are here to serve you and to give you a place of community that is honest and that is going to have these conversations. So again, if nothing else, you can feel as though you are not alone in this journey because we know it is extremely isolating. So we see the work that you're doing. We see the amazing things that you're doing. Don't compare yourself to who you once were or who you know you could be. Live in the moment and say, I'm going to do the best with what I've got right now. You've got this, You've got this, you guys. All right. Well, we will see you next week for another podcast or another episode of Of the new EDU. EDU. Yes. Until then, keep doing the incredible work that we're doing. the incredible work that you're We're doing, doing. Yes. and we're doing as educators yes, words are hard people it's words time. are hard it's we love y'all and we'll see you next week bye, bye. everybody bye.
The New EDU is hosted by me, Wade King. And me, Hope King. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfush. And edited by Andrew Weller, with production support from Sterling Coates and Chase Mayo. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. The New EDU podcast is a 3% chance production. <laughs>